let's do a mic check. Checky check check. Okay, that's good. Bruce, say something into your mic. Something into my microphone. Perfect. Let's bring this back up and let's do getting tabled. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. With the Bruce and the Yang. Hello, future people, and welcome again to episode four of the podcast, Getting Tabled, with your host, Jason. Uh, I, I I, don't care, the Bruce. It's nice to, it's nice to be cared about, all not. Thanks. And of course, I'm George. Uh, apologies, first and foremost, for the delay in this. Uh, a lot of real-life stuff happened. Uh, the fact that it is springtime where I live and I currently have snow on the ground. I was remodeling a wall and I kind of had to get that done before, before it snowed again. And you know, snow came into my house. Yeah. Yeah. Only in, Wyoming does that, only in Wyoming does that, you know, happen in the spring. And then uh, Bruce needs to relearn how to walk on stairs. Apparently. Yeah. But to be fair, that happened after we didn't record. Yeah, but but it wasn't stairs. No, it wasn't stairs. It was one stair. I fell down one stair, and I twisted my knee. While sober. I was sober, yes. That's the amazing thing about that. If you'd been drinking, it would have been a dozen stairs, and you would have been fine. <laughs> the problem with being sober when you fall down is that you try to stop yourself from falling, and that's probably how I hurt myself realistically. Yeah, that, that's why I asked you uh, what knee, because knowing you ride a motorbike, it's like, what little experience I have, the leg you want to put down when you come to a stop is your right leg. Why? Because you don't shift with it. it you all, all you do is brake with that foot, and you've got a front brake too, so it's not necessarily that needed as shifting is. Yeah. I generally tend to go down with the left anyway, just because of other reasons. Um, because you're upside down backwards and weird? No, it's more that um, if, I, if I'm if i going to sit at the lights for a while, I'll put the bike in neutral uh, and I'll leave my foot on the brake so that I'm not rolling around and stuff. Uh, it's just more comfortable. Fair. That makes sense. So, And, and when uh, my right knee was or is in pain, uh, it's not actually completely fixed yet, um, once it was up, it was fine. It was the extending it and the lifting it up that was the painful part. You know, it's kind of funny about knees. You know, they're the weakest joint in the body, yet they bear the most weight. Yeah. The human Anyways, body is a scary thing. Yeah. Well, let's stop digressing about uh, uh, biology because that's not what we talk about. We talk about plastic crack and nerd stuff. It's so much better. All right. Well, let's jump into this. Newly received or noteworthy information, especially about recent or important events. And boy, do we have some news this week. The yeah, first of which of... is something we've been waiting for for a while. Yeah, and it's almost a blessing in disguise, all the, the real-life crap happening that has delayed this recording, because it allows us to talk about this. Uh, yeah, all you like... drop fleet, drop zone guys, uh, open your ears. Uh, if you haven't heard about this, get out from under the rock. You're living under 
It's called the internet. Get on it. It's this wonderful thing that if it didn't exist, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast anyway. Right. So thanks, Al Gore. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know that you may have heard of a little book called Battle for Earth. You know, the one that's never coming. Well, hey, it starts for pre-order on Friday and it's coming in June. It's like literally 10 days away. It's amazing. Well, it it looks like it's going to be amazing. I mean, let's be honest. As small as the game is right now at this point, anything new for this game is amazing. Oh, yeah. So Battle for Earth is going to be 304 pages. The first 190-odd pages are all background and lore, uh, which for anyone that ever followed Hawk Games shouldn't be massively surprised in. They do love their lore. Um, Uh, What gaming company doesn't love their lore? Bruce, I mean, well, that is true. Games Workshop has a library of lore. It's only fitting that you know, even a small game like this has its lore. Let, let's be, um, uh, what's 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 the world where uh, uh, Flames of War? Uh, there's a whole crap of lore on that, but it, it, it's uh, unfortunately uh, historically accurate too. Um, <laughs> um, uh, uh, what, yeah. What's the what, Spartan War Games? The new company, um, uh, Dystopian Wars. I haven't War read all, yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't read the lore of that, but it's freaking cool lore. So every game has its yeah. lore. Every game needs its lore. It, 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 what's, it's what helps draw you in beyond the gaming system and the game itself. So, anyways, continue because you've probably actually read it. I, I have read it. Um, so, Battle for Earth is starting off where Conqu- sorry, Reconquest Two finished. Uh, with the Scourge attack on the Colony Worlds and Phase 3 of the Reconquest. So the story is continuing as it had. So unlike 40K and so forth, where it really only takes like half a step forward every so often, this has been a progressing story ever since Drop Zone first came out. Um, This is covering both Drop Zone and Drop Fleet. Um, So yes, for the people that used to follow us on the Hot LZ, it was correct. It was covering both. Uh, we had people that had questioned us about that back in the day. Um, we're getting... Which, full- which, I'm going to interject here, which is proof to never question us. No, no, no. Never question us. Never question... Except for when we're wrong. Um, no, we'll usually admit when we're wrong, and we have done in the past. Um, so in the drop fleet side of things, we are finally getting official rules for the Dreadnoughts and the so on and so forth that's already released and has all been beta rules. Uh, But then we're also getting what we saw a hint of a month ago, which is the lovely Resistance fleets. Whee! The Resisty! Yeah, so that's going to be releasing at around the same time. You can pre-order those on Friday as well. Um, the box for the minis comes with enough parts to make three cruisers and four frigates. So that's the same as the regular boxes on the other fleets. Um, they're going to go into how to build the resistant ships in a couple of weeks time. Uh, you can build a Vega strap scrap fleet or a Calium cabal fleet, um, out of the same box. So this one box can build both which I wasn't expecting that. That actually surprises me. So I will say this. Um, 
talking about Drop Fleet Commander makes it really hard to have a clean podcast because we're constantly talking about ships. Ships. Yes, but not seamen. No, because they're in the ocean, not space. Exactly. Unless it's Space Navy, and then it'll probably still be called seamen. So do you want to hear my uh, one little uh, problem and and gripe that I, I see? Sure, tell us your gripe. <clears throat> they put the orientation of the book to where the spine is long. Which matches with the drop zone side of things. Right, but that was the one... Th- it, was a, it was a small, tiny little thing. But the one thing I loved about the original Drop Fleet book was the spine was the short side. It was much easier to lay open on the table. Yeah, that's fair. It it did make things more difficult for storefronts, though, which is why it came in the sleeve. So okay. they're eliminating a cost with that as well. F- fair. I, I'll give them that. But what I did with my first drop zone book, the instant I got it was I took it to, uh, in, in the U.S., we call it Kinko's FedEx. I don't know what, what, what other people have around the world. Uh, and had them cut the spine off and put a spiral binding on it so I could lay it down flat. I've genuinely been tempted to do that with my Drop Fleet book. Um, Actually, I did do that with my Drop Fleet book because the spine failed after being opened so many times, referencing rules and whatnot that, yeah, the the spine failed on it. Pages were falling out. So I went ahead and did that with my Drop Fleet book. Honestly, I I think that's a great thing to do. Unless it's a collector's edition, fancy, shiny, you know, limited edition book. If it's just a regular one, cut the spine off and spiral it. it. You'll love it so much more. It makes things a lot easier to read, yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, Drop Fleet is getting the biggest thing. Sorry, Drop Fleet and Drop Zone uh, are getting the biggest thing being released essentially since Drop Fleet came out. Uh, I mean, oh, yeah, there has sure. been releases and so forth, but this is the first major event in the game for a long time uh, and one that no short of everybody has been keen for. Um, there's been endless posts in all of the Facebook forums asking when this is coming, when is this coming? Um, Well, hey, it's not just coming, it's almost here. June 12th is the actual date. I don't think I said the date originally. Uh, I don't think, I think you did, I don't think you did. 14th of June is actually. Oh, I misread. Sorry. Pre-order this Friday, general release, the 14th of June. So... Um, we're less than a month away, less than a month. Yeah. Uh, for anybody that happens to be in the UK by chance, uh, they will have limited numbers at the UK games expo between the 31st of May and the 2nd of June. So they have made limited numbers big and bold. So if that's something that you're going to, and you want to pick up, you probably want to get there early because they won't have very many. And that's part of the reason why we dumped all that tea in the harbor. I mean, what? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least you're getting things. We don't even get the simple things down here. It's because you don't exist. No, no, yes. Australia is a fictional country. And the pilots are in on it. So there's been a couple of other big events that's been happening since we've been gone. I'm going to skip this next news item and I'm going to come back to it at some stage. But there's, there was a small thing that happened... Um, by a small company you might have heard heard of. Um, they did a little thing called Warhammer Fest a couple of weeks ago. 
Warhammer Fest, that, that wouldn't be uh, that tiny little uh, company called Games Workshop, would it? Yes, yes, they are a workshop of games. Hmm, Warhammer Fest. Yes, I think I remember vaguely hearing, seeing something about this. Yeah, there oh, was possibly endless oh. posts everywhere about it for about four days. Yes, with, with one of the most revolutionary things about miniature painting. Because let's be honest, that was that was the big news takeaway from that event that I saw everywhere people talking about was the paint that they unveiled. Yeah. Now, speaking of which, on a podcast a couple of episodes ago, we gave predictions on what we thought this was going to be. And this is where I throw my hands up and go, I was wrong because I was predicting it was going to be an airbrush, which, to be fair, was a lot of people's predictions. Um, but no, they've done something. Uh, they're talking about how it's groundbreaking. I- I'm not really willing to go that far. It does look really good, but there's already at least two other companies I know of that already make this product. And Games Workshop used to have this product um, in some way, fashion or another, because it's essentially an ink, which has existed for a long time. Yeah, essentially that is what it is. Um, and the one thing, and, I'll, and I'll actually have to get my hands on it or see someone with their hands on it to, to, to verify this. But to me, um, okay, we'll, we'll just say it. uh, it's uh, one thick coat of paint is what they're claiming with this stuff. It is, oh, I can't read it. I don't get old. I can't. Yeah, that that is basically what they're talking about, though. Is that you can? This is meant to be a fast and ready way of getting a tabletop army done. You're certainly not going to be winning any golden demons with it. That's not what it's for. Uh, though I'm really keen to see what those style of painters may use this for, um, because I'm not convinced that it's not something you could use in that area. Um, but it's meant to be quick. It's meant to be fast. It's meant to be. Look, you want to get an army done? This will let you get your army done quickly. Yeah, I uh, honestly, Bruce, I can't read what it's called. It's a uh, Citadel. What is it called? The the line. I can't. I I don't have my reading glasses there at work. You mean the paint? Yeah. What's the line called? Contrast. Yes, the contrast line. Thank. I seriously, I I couldn't read that. <laughs> Poor Let old the- man. Let let the old jokes start rolling in. I, it's okay. I'm used to them. My, my girlfriend's nine years younger than me. I, I hear it every day. It's fine. Make, make fun of me. It's fine. Um, so th- my FLGS, the one thing that they like to do, and, and it makes sense, is three-color minimum. Buy your stuff, yep. put it together, put some effort into it to get it on the table. Now, I, I, I don't see how this, you know, like you can't use a black primer because this stuff just won't show up. You have to use a white or a bone, possibly a gray. They've made some yeah. specific primers or undercoats, whatever. And this ink will essentially give you the three color minimum with one heavy coat. Because what is Duncan always saying? What he's always say, Bruce? Thin your paints. Two, two thin coats. Yep. So Duncan two, is no longer going to be allowed to wear his tin, two thin coats. He must wear one very large thick one, otherwise he's going to lose his job. Everybody please put donations towards Duncan uh, now that he's apparently not going to have a job because it's no longer two thin coats. 
That's a bad joke. Yep. And it's three yep. weeks old at this point. It is. But but I will say this. Uh, people who did go to Warhammer Fest, I hate you, first of all. Uh, second, they were, they were given base-coated minis, and they were allowed to mess with some of these paints. And some guy took a Primaris Marine. This is the one that stands out. And he used like seven different of these contrast paints on it. And it legit, it it's not the greatest, but it legit does the appearance of a three-color paint job. Yeah, look, it, it'll definitely pass. Are you going to win awards for painting with these? Um, no, probably not. But again, that's not what it's for. That they have they've been trying to make this hobby easier for new people with every step forward over the last five or ten years. And this is a significant step in that direction. But for those people that are screaming about how this is going to make the hobby lazy, no, it's not going to do that because everybody, when they look around at other people's armies that are better than theirs, starts wanting to improve their work. That is the nature of the beast. Uh, This just makes it easier for new people to get in. And hey, the, the people out there that hate painting, it's a fact of life. I'm not one of those people, but I get where they're coming from. And, hey, I really hate painting. I just want to play a game. Hey, you're going to get an army done in three weeks. Right. I mean, a, a guy that I used to work with, uh, he he got into the game, and I started posting pictures of my Aaron Wolf, and he messaged me like, I didn't know you played this. I'm like, yeah, I didn't know you played it. He's like, no, no, no I just start started. And then a couple weeks ago, he messaged me like, Hey, I'm having trouble wrapping my head around this. Do you play or do you just paint? Because I, I'm I'm fairly decent at painting, and he, you know, there's some people in this hobby that that's what they do. They buy the stuff, they paint it, they make it look gorgeous, and they know nothing about playing the game. There are some and people everybody like hates them forever because they're better than you. Well, their painting is, yeah. And I said no. I I I, I play more casually. You know, I'll, I'll do tournaments just to do the best painted because. You know, okay, I, I'm pretty good at some strategy games. Uh, just ask uh, some people about my Schultz-nanigans. Um Yeah, <laughs> but I, I'm pretty decent at painting. And will I buy any of this stuff? Yes, I will buy some of this stuff. Why? Because I have an almost 12 year old who I am getting into this hobby. Does he have the 20 years experience of painting that I have? No, he's 12. He's going to get discouraged. This will help him do initial painting. Look, I painted something that looks good and that will keep driving him in the hobby. And then as he is, his dexterity improves, as he gets older, his painting will increase in skill. And then he can move on to more techniques that I do with angle shading, layering, dry brushing, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. yeah. Th- this contrast paint will give him a good basis to start working on doing the dry brushing and stuff. So will I get some? Yeah. Will I use it? I'll experiment with it so I can show him how to use it. Yeah, I'm keen to experiment with it. Um, the, the big question mark I have at this stage is the primer because it's no secret their lighter colored primers are pretty garbage. Uh, not so like the white that they have right now is absolute trash. Um, I'm not a huge fan of spray paints anymore. Uh, I moved on to my airbrush and I, I won't go back at this point, but there's nothing, there's no 
there's nothing that says that I can't just airbrush my model with Vallejo and then use this over the top of it. Uh, I, but for those, I, I, for those I'd, I'd recommend Badger. I'd recommend the Badger uh, primer, but yeah. Yeah, no, that is good as well. I was just Vallejo tends to be easier for people to find generally, um, which is why I was mentioning it. But this, the star in his stuff is most people would say it's the best on the market. Um, I, I've had issues with it only because I can't seem to figure out the exact ratio of. I always seem to it always ends up being too thin or too thick. Uh, I'm still trying to get the ratio right. If you turn the instructions uh, upside down, they'll actually be the right side, right way up, and you could read them then. <laughs> Unlike you, that can't read anything because you're too old, uh, and because I eat crayons. Yeah, yes, he actually does eat crayons. I have video footage. It, there's video proof of that out here. Yes, it it, it is a thing. They they were chocolate. They were delicious. Um, also, speaking of uh, this little company, uh, Games Workshop. They've done something. Oh, my God. I'm just now looking at the pictures of it. Uh, first of all, um, I, 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 at some point, I, I do want to do an army with these guys, because mainly because I want to paint them, but I will play with them because it is a very cool army. Um, and it will just be another uh, Alliance of Order army because I've got D- Dispossessed, Stormcast Eternals, working on the Fire Slayers, and the Sylvanas. Um They've oh yes, they've updated the tree model. The, yes, this, this, which we talked about very recently. <laughs> we called this accidentally. This tree model has been around for twenty years, and even be, before they change it, this tree model is still good. the The tree model before this release, despite being twenty years old, is still. A fantastic tree model, period, hands down, no argument. Why? Because you can have it with leaves or without leaves, and you have trees. Boom. Done. It is still a great model, and they've updated it. They've, ooh, excuse me. They've modernized, finally. They have endless spells for Sylvanas. Yeah. I'm excited. The thing, the reason why this is on the news, and this this was announced a couple of weeks ago, but it was done in one of their vlogs, so people may have missed it. Um, when the new trees are released, they will replace the old ones. So that means for the people that really love the old trees, and the new trees are now. amazing. Yeah, buy them now, because if you don't buy them now, you will not be able to buy them. The new ones are gorgeous. We have no idea what they're going to cost, no, no, but if no. you want the old ones, get them now. People will still be able to get the old ones. They'll just have to pay three times the price on eBay. Well, that's fair. And there's going to be stores that will still have leftover stock and so forth. Um, But I have a feeling that this is going to be something that will become highly sought after. Depends on what the price of the new trees are. If these new trees are going to be expensive, and most of their terrain has been of late, then it's replacing a, what, $40, $50 box? Something like that. I mean, I I know we went on a great length for 30, 40 minutes um, talking about um, Games Workshop's terrain. Um, Yeah. Um, The other thing that people need to keep in mind, the updated rules for Sylvaneth will have rules for the trees. And if you own the current trees, 
those rules will carry over. You don't have to buy new ones just to be able to use the rules. So that's good news on both fronts. Um, they are because they would have been well within their rights to say, nope, if you're if you're going to use this, you have to use the new trees because of I don't know the shape of the trees or something. But no, you're 100 percent um, going to be able to use them that way. And by the look of the style of the trees. They have designed them so that models will fit inside them much easier, which is good. Yes. Um, so I'm not seeing a, a single tree set, which would be the base and three trees. That's not available, it looks like. It's a three set. So it's three bases, three bases or three trees per base. Um, that is $88. Well, $88 okay. US dollars. So so I will I will say, you know, for a Sylvanath army. Considering that a tree lord ancient is sixty one bucks, the ever queen is one hundred and thirty. The fact that the Sylvanath actually used the trees, eighty eight bucks for three tree features that your army uses as you know as part of its its uh, strategy and tactics, that's a great price. Um, for just plain terrain, let, let's be honest, you can get trees for cheaper if, oh, if you hell just yeah. want trees. But the trees for you know that that's not a bad price for as a terrain feature your army uses that you would need for the army. It, it, it's a good price. Uh, get it now while you can. In Australia, the Citadel Wood, which is the old one, is forty six dollars. That's that so, that doesn't sound bad in U.S. dollars. Forty six bucks. Okay, I'll take two. But I, I know it's a three. Like when. Yeah, when House of War were opening, they bought like tons of this. They also bought a whole hell of the tables, but they bought tons of these and just painted them so differently. Like there was ones where it like looked like the forest was on fire. There was other ones where it was like a ghost forest type thing. You can do a lot with these models without really doing much different. And like you said, you could you can just put the tree the leaves on or not put the leaves on. That alone changes things um you can do a lot with these and we haven't seen what the new one's going to be yet the model like uh, price you mean the model isn't no like just what you can do with the new oh sorry the other thing with the old version is they were very very hardy and sturdy uh you could break off the little twigs and stuff but the actual body of the tree was very hardy um it'll be interesting to see what the new one's like modeling wise what you can do with it i suspect that the leaves will still be separate by the look of the sculpt but yeah i guess we'll find out so now the one thing i will say that i'll kind of knock gw on uh with this is the old tree sculpt it has a base that the trees go on so if you have a unit moving through the forest you pull the trees off the base is still there the base represents the forest the trees there are there to look pretty yeah these new ones doesn't look like there's a base, so... No, it looks it, like they've designed the tree so that the inside of the trees represents the area. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see how that works rules-wise because I suspect they're going to have to be within a certain distance of each other for whatever the rule is to work. Um, th there's going to be some shenanigans about how the Sylvaneth can move through the forest. Uh, I don't believe we've had a reveal of what that rule is yet. But that's the general. I'm, I'm guessing maybe there's something in the old one that's being improved. I, I don't know. 
It, it'll be something because I, I know for a fact the Sylvanas, some of the Sylvanas can teleport beti- between the tree uh, terrains. Okay, so that's what it is then. Yeah, the, um, uh, what are they called? Like the Tree Lord Ancients and um i think the branch witch can um i or maybe it's all the tree ones i'm not i'm not entirely certain i don't play them i want to get an army of them one to paint because i think i could do a phenomenal job um but that was one of the shenanigans is they could teleport between the trees or they got plus one to hit or plus one to wound or they were harder to hit with when they were in such a range i mean they, they do play a pivotal role in a tree army so yeah, and you would expect them to, but look, right? It's it's definitely. Ex- I love the fact that we called this by accident because we were we were saying about how look, it's really time that they needed to update that that model, and hey, here a couple of weeks later they've actually done that. They were obviously planning to already, so hey, bonus for us for guessing something by mistake. Woohoo! <laughs> All right, Th- then there's the uh, oh god, there's more news. Um, yep. Wild West Exodus, they have released a new one. Now you're thinking with portals. Uh, they've got a new army that's coming. Well, a new force that's coming out that is playing with portals. It literally comes with clear resin portals that you can build um, to have your models going through. Uh, it's oh neat. Pretty. Yeah, that that's a neat little feature. I I don't play with this faction, but if I did, I would so be painting one with blue and one with red just to blue the, and orange. Game. Blue and orange. Oh, sorry, blue and orange. Yes, you are right. And I'd just paint. I would just paint the outside of it, like just a highlight around the outside, so that it looked like it was in the game. With one of these new Citadel um, um, inks. Yeah, actually, that that'd work. Well, yeah, because it it pull in and make it darker, and then it'd be lighter on the the edge and the, it, it, it'd be a good effect. I think <clears throat> anyone yeah. who does this, we want to see pictures. FYI. Yep. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, so this is the portal Vanguard posse, which is part of the order faction. Um, these are like religious zealots and yeah, stuff. So you're saying conservatives in America. Yeah, I wouldn't go that far. Okay. I, I was trying to make a bad joke there. I know. Oh, actually, no, you're right, because they are from America. It's the Wild West. America. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, uh, we, 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 we do not want to be political on the show. Do not send us hate mail. It's, it's a joke. It's, it's a no, joke. no, 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 no. Wild West Exodus is based in America. That was my point. Right, but I'm saying we're not political on this, on this podcast. It's, it, it's a joke. Yes, if you're conservative and you're offended, we're sorry. Just be offended. Don't don't send us hate mail. I mean, if you want to send us hate mail, you can. At least we'll have some mail. <laughs> we probably won't read it out loud, though. Depends on yeah. how much curse words are used. Uh, the other one is Malifaux's third edition is screaming towards us very quickly. We still don't have dates for the release of the third edition, but my guess is that it's going to be Gen Con. Um, just because they always seem to do something for Gen Con. Um, Gen, Gen Con's a thing to do things at. Yeah. Um, if if not, then I suspect that we'll see a strong hint of it at Gen Con with the release coming closer to Christmas, perhaps, because that would be the other time to do it. Um, but the thing that I was going to talk about 
is the new Burning Bridges box, which looks so pretty. Right. So, uh, the, that's actually what I'm looking at right now. So two things. One, that fire golem looks cool. Two, that's not a fire golem. That's a fire elemental because fire golems are made of earth and clay. Different rule set, different world. But yes, I get what you No, doing. no. Look at your Greek history. Golems True. are made of stone and clay. Maybe wax. Yeah, but in D&D, they're not. What? D&D has changed so much. I, I'm i still on uh, three and a half, so whatever. Oh, you're still playing, playing D&D Broken. No, I'm I'm still playing uh, D&D three and a half because that's when I owned a, a gaming store and I literally have every book from three and a half. That's fair. The fire golem in question is basically a giant fire with three faces inside of it and broken bits of what looked like came from a furnace kind of holding it together. Um, it's like it's it, – he it, it is right. It looks more like a fire elemental, but it's like – barely contained within this metal structure that's trying to keep its shape. It's gorgeous. Not that weird coming out with a new model is that's gorgeous is unusual. It's very rare to see something come from weird that's not gorgeous. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how finicky it is going to be to build some of this stuff, though. Because that- uh, No, I, I will yeah. say this, though. If you keep scrolling down, there's the uh, artistic rendition that artistic rendition of the fire elemental okay, golem, whatever, um, looks amazing. Yeah, that's what I was looking at when I was trying to describe it. Um, look at the mini. It looks like you'll have to like you know each leg is two pieces, each arm will be two three pieces, torso will be like you know however many pieces, you know whatever. Painting it will be. The have trip. you ever seen? Have you ever seen a weird model? Built or unbuilt? I have not. I have not because, well, there's no community for here for it. So, okay, let me give you some inf- some education, my friend. Weird, do things in a weird way, and yeah, it's yeah. Anyway, is that why they're weird? Possibly. <laughs> I would not be surprised when this model comes out if you find that the hand, for example, is in three or four different pieces. Uh, and that there is toes that are completely separate pieces. We had um, gremlins with are, I mean, maybe an inch, a little bit over an inch tall. Their ears would be separate pieces. Their feet would be separate pieces. Um, there is a model called Yanlo who building him was so frustrating that they made a shirt about how people survived building Yanlo. Specifically, his beard. I survived Yanlo's beard. Became a meme. Um, so, so it could be one of those Facebook check-ins. I I survived building uh, whatever Yanlo's beard. Mark pretty much. Bu- Mark safe from building building Yanlo's beard. Whatever. Much, yeah. Um, putting my hand up at this point. Um, weird, as far as gaming companies is concerned, is still probably my favorite in the industry right now. All of this, well, all of the Malifaux stuff is hard plastic, like G-Dub. Um, th- their models are amazing. They they sculpt first, work out how to make it second. Um, obviously, they have to change things here and there, but um, th- they go for the final look of the model over how difficult it's going to be to pose the thing. Uh, it's very rare to find big gaps 
Um, even like mold lines are very minimal a lot of the time. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of work. Um, I haven't played anything in third edition yet. There is beta rules out there that you can play. I'm choosing not to because I want to play it afresh when it's released. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this comes. I, I want my books. Give me my books. Did you hear what he said? Weird. Give him his books. Please. Alrighty, and then the last bit that was second that you wanted to move to the end. Yeah, okay. So Eureka Miniatures, which is a miniature company, surprisingly, uh, actually based here in Australia. Uh, they do travel over to the UK on a regular basis for the main shows over there. Uh, but Eureka have actually advertised they're looking for a new manufacturer's agent. Uh, the current one, after 15 years, is retiring from handling the product. Um, and so, yeah, they're, they're looking at someone to um, basically help get the miniatures and sell the miniatures in Europe, um, space for holding stock and detaching orders from Europe and the UK will be an advantage. Uh, so obviously they're looking at someone within the UK uh, to help with their product. It, it's it's a potential for listeners if we have them in the area, uh, especially if they're in the industry already. Uh, if uh, The closing date for applications is the 31st of May, so you still have a week-ish? No, just under a week. If we get the episode released, fa- released fast enough. Yeah. Um, if you would like to inquire about the opportunity, you can email Nick, which is N-I-C-R at Eureka min so e-u-r-e-k-a-m-i-n vanelli.com.au and explain how you can help him um nick has not approached us this is something i came across and thought oh i'd like to talk about that uh i have met nick before he is a a lovely gentleman originally from europe so um yeah and the email address one more time to make it a little easier november india charlie romeo at Echo, Uniform, Romeo, Echo, Kilo, Alpha, Mike, India, November, dot com, dot AU. Which is for Australia. Alrighty. Well, that's quite a bit of news. Um, Let's do some, some hobby time. Hobby time! Dream, Blue, Prime, Paint. So you sent me some pictures, Bruce. I did. I thought rather than just talking about it, I should let you actually look at what I'm talking about. So I have actually – there's more that I could do to this model, but at least for the moment I'm calling it done. Um, it's basically – it's been washed. It's been painted. Uh, I could certainly do some finer highlights and stuff on it, but I'm going to leave that for now uh, until the army – is closer to a playable state, and I want to get things more uniform, I suppose, or at least as uniform as a Skaven model gets. Um, had a lot of fun painting this, actually. Warpstone is a lot of fun to paint. Uh, you can kind of dry brush it or just edge highlight it. I kind of edge highlighted it. I did slip in a couple of areas, but I'm going to pretend I don't notice them for now. W- would you Would you like my critiques and opinion, Bruce? Sure. Other than the fact that it could do with some more edge highlighting, because I already know that. Yeah, um, the greens, the green bits on it, 
when you go through and edge highlight them or dry brush them, because I think you could, with a large enough dry brush, you could just hit the areas uh, enough. Uh, I would use a uh, brighter, more sickly green to give it more of that, a depth and pop. Yep. Yeah, that's definitely on the, on the to-do list. And because they're scaven, uh, you know that technical that GW makes to uh, do the rust effect for uh, tank treads and stuff like Vaguely? Okay, so there's a technical out there. Uh, I don't know what it is. Uh, it, it, it does a, a rust effect. Throw some of that on the, the wheels and the little knife knife blade things that are on the, uh, on the actual, uh, I guess, catapult-type portion of it. You know, make them look rusty and kind of worn down. You mean that, like, the bluey-greeny that's supposed to be the oxidization of them? No, no, like, the, the, the there's an orangish-red one, I think. Oh, okay, I'll have to look, have a look for it. You know, I'll see if I can find that real quick. Um, yeah. Let's, um, but I, other than that, it looks pretty dang... Yeah, I mean, as I said, there's there's the finer highlights that could, like, the copper can be, uh, if I get some bright brass, I, I can highlight that up a bit further. Uh, the silvers can do with some edge highlighting as well. Um, there's areas of the wood that I wouldn't mind bringing up a little bit more. But for now, I'm happy to call it done because I'd like to move on to something else and get some more stuff done. Um, the other thing that I've, well, received, I did build like a very mini thing of it, but um, my slot car track arrived. Interesting. So I mentioned a couple of weeks ago on an episode that this is something I was looking to get into. Um, because I worked night shift for two weeks, I had the money, so I just brought it. Uh, I managed to find it at a steal of a deal. Uh, I found the cheapest price available locally, and it happened to be through eBay. And eBay were having a thing where you got $49 off. Well, you got 10% off. Um if you used a certain code. So I ended up getting it for like $450. The price elsewhere had been something like 560, but it actually retails for about 680 ish. So I got, yeah, I got like easily $200 off retail price. Um, So I was very, very happy with that. Uh, There is more stuff that I've ordered with my savings. So I didn't really save any money, Um, but that hasn't arrived yet because I'm waiting for it to come in. Yeah. The uh, color I'm thinking of is it's called riser rust. It's a dry brush. Okay. Yep. Yep. So I throw a little bit of that on like the, the wheels and not the edge because they want to maintain and keep those edges clean because those are sharp. I'm talking like the spine and the side of the blade. Yeah. Because that's not going to cut and maim and murder things. No, 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 no. You keep that shiny and bright and and clean. The the the, the spine. Throw, throw some of that rise of rust on there, and yeah, so that it can murder kill uh, human things and dwarf things, right? And uh, stormcast things and other things. Yeah. No, I, I think if you throw a little bit of that rise of rust, uh, especially where, where like there's uh, plate panels, you know, where something's met up, where you know there's a seam where water could collect. And rust. Yeah. Yep. No, I could see that. So, well, my hobby time has been fairly limited. Like I said, I was remodeling a wall on my house. You was building um, a scale model house on a one to one scale. 
Yes, yes. I was working on a one-to-one uh, uh, model uh, house. Yes, uh, one-to-one scale. No, I uh, I did get some more of the uh, Hobby Zone uh, uh, hobby furniture in. Uh, I now have, uh, I believe the, the size is, is it 36 or 38, however big the GW paint pots are. I got a yeah. little rack to store some of those. Uh, two... Three drawer uh, shelving units. I got another twenty six mil uh, bottle rack for airbrush and you know dropper bottles because I want to move more to those, those so I have more storage for those. And then a large display case so that I can stick large work work in progress minis in so that they stay dust and dirt free, which is always a problem in this hobby and a problem in my house, which is why I'm redoing my walls is because they leak and so like. The the amount of dust in my room is it, on my desk right here where I podcast is ridiculous. So yeah. I, and it, it's coming through the the seams and the log walls as they age. So I mean, my house is almost as old as I am, and I know how good a shape I'm in. I so my house can't be that far behind me. <laughs> <laughs> the house is also I, I, probably older than you are. No, no, it was uh I was born in 78, it was built in 79. Oh, so you've looked after yourself more than the house has looked after itself. What yeah, a pretty lazy much. house. Right? Yeah, stupid house not taking care of itself. Um I did get one other thing in though from uh, that's a uh, Hobby Zone PL. Uh it was on back order so I did have to wait for it a bit. Um it was the airbrush station. So this has a drawer for uh and you can put in the uh, compartments. Uh, you can glue them in as as your your choice. So I glued them in so that one I can put in the foam insert for my new airbrush just in the drawer. So the airbrush is stored in the drawer, and then I have two comp- compartments. So I have a needle set up on the airbrush, and then I have two additional needle nozzle setups. And each one of those has its own compartment, so I don't have to look and search for. Look at the little lines, like which nozzle goes with which needle and stuff like that. Nice, nice. And then it has a little spinning tray. And I wasn't in- intending on buying them, but I might because there's little holes, you know, on, on either side of the little turntable to stick uh, their alligator clips in for, you know, the tiny little pieces you can clip onto it, airbrush it, and stick it in there to dry. Yep, yep. So I, I have... I have a paper towel module on the way. I need to order the uh, thing that holds the uh, brushes, exacto knives, such things, you know, like a a tool rack. And then there's a six drawer module that I'm going to get. And I will have my hobby furniture set up. And then, then when I have uh, the spare money, because building kitchen cabinets takes precedence, uh, a arm to hold a light ring and a webcam so I can start YouTubing hobby time sessions. Yeah, that's definitely something I want to look into at some stage too. Because what's better than watching someone paint and watching the paint dry? I know, right? Hey, hey um, w- 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 what's his what's his face loud yelly voice guy? If he can make some money doing it, you know, you know, doing YouTube videos painting, why can't we? And you love us so much more because, well, we're us. <laughs> I think I know the guy that you're talking about, but I can't remember his name. But I remember if it's the guy I'm thinking of, he spends five minutes thanking his Patreons at the beginning of every episode. Well, and he should because 
they're 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 giving him money. I mean, you, you should thank people that give you money. <laughs> well, that is true. Uh, the only other thing I've managed to do is we cleaned it out garage, um, so that I can actually put you know gaming tables in there. And a slot car track. Yep, it's genuinely happening. It's always nice when a dream comes together, like my hobby bench. I mean, I, I'm literally getting it so that I have storage for everything and a, and a place for everything, and but have more space to actually do the hobby. Yeah, which is, it's kind of a night. The nature of the beast is that because you have things everywhere, everything ends up being everywhere. But it doesn't have to be that way. Um, I mean, where I do most of my hobby is also the computer desk, so that doesn't help. Um, I, I need to come up with a better solution, which I'm, I'm still working through in my head. Yeah. See, I can't do that because my, my, my personal computer desk at times becomes my actual working pay the bills desk. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, hobby time wise, that's everything from me. Um, Bruce has been way more productive than I have. So I did what I could. To be fair, I was on night shift and having the energy to do anything during night shift is really hard. Um, but on the two days that I had off in between night shifts, I had to have something to fill in my nights because everybody was asleep. Um, and, hey, I'm back on night shifts again tonight because, yeah. All right. So should we talk about uh, games and game talk? Game talk is good. Talk nerdy to me. So, as we mentioned earlier, uh, Battle for Earth is uh, dropping and available June 14th. So, we're going to talk about the Vega Fleet uh, Greenpeace of the Future idea. What? (laughs) (laughs) Josh from the Drop Fleet Commander community posted something. This was a good couple of weeks ago now. Uh, And he posted it as a joke. Uh, that the Vega fleet was Greenpeace of the future uh, because everything that they have is recycled uh, and they're coming after the people that's kind of destroyed their universe type idea. Um, I thought it was quite amusing and it got me thinking, could you actually build an army around that without it being stupid to the point of not making sense? I think to an extent, because so so there's one the one problem and it's the problem that we still face to this day is energy. Where does that energy come from? Renewable energy can only do so much. Yes, we are getting better, and maybe we will get to the point to where we are at on Earth. We we are not burning slash using stuff like that. You get into space. You, you have to consume something to have energy. It, it, it's, yeah. it's, the, it's the root of all energy or root of all evil. Yes, energy is the root of all evil. Actually, do you know off the top of your head what their ships are powered by? I'm guessing it's a fusion of some kind. It is a fusion of some kind. And just like nuclear fusion today – Unless uh, a monumental scientific discovery is made, you have the waste. You you have to break the atoms off of something, and when all the atoms get broken off, you have a material 
that is no longer usable and it is waste. Yeah. Which in theory, see Star Trek never really covers this. Uh, and I think it's just that it just happens to work like a lot of Star Trek stuff. Well, um, so, so, so yes and no, I, I, I can speak to this because I've, 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 I've read a lot of Star Trek. So the Federation and Klingons and a majority of, of the, the races out there, they do use, uh, it's called a Manti antimatter collision that creates energy. And it's a one-to-one ratio. The thing about it is, is you know, it, it's all burnt off because it's a one-to-one ratio and it's a, it's a perfect explosion. If that dis- gets discovered, great. So on that other side, the Romulans, the the universe's bad guy, they use a partially collapsed qu- uh, quantum singularity to power their ships. More energy efficient because w- what happens? You just put more matter in and it sucks in and goes away. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. In a Star so- Trek way. In a Star Trek way, so yes, the the quote unquote bad guys of the universe because they're always disloyal and murderous and conniving and stuff like that. They had the quote unquote, as far as Star Trek technology goes, the cleanest form of energy production. Yeah, but to be fair, when it comes to the mindset, if you're like the greedy da 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 type person, you're probably going to want that to be efficient because. It's one less thing that you have to worry about. Then you always have something that somebody else wants. True, true. I mean, it, it, and if you don't have to use resources, well, that's you know more resources you have for other things like cloning Captain Picard to you know make a replacement of him to infiltrate the Federation and collapse. Yeah, but the the idea that I was talking about, generally speaking, was more. And I mean, Greenpeace as an organization certainly do have some militaristic ways of going about business. I'm not here to discuss whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, But when it comes to making an extreme out of an organization like that in a wargaming perspective, do you think that that works on a level where it's not just too stupid? So... Yes and no. So my thought is, is so, okay, the resistance is the humanity that was left behind by the PHR and the UCM left on Earth for the scourge scourge invasion to fend for themselves and use what's there. Um, So, yes, it works because they have to use what's there. It's they're recycling the abandoned technology for their own purpose. They're repurposing the technology that's there for their purpose. Um, And just the nature of humanity and the fact that we cannot agree on any one thing and get along on any one thing other than say, I don't know, oxygen is good. Um, Yes, because on this earth that needs to be reclaimed, there's going to be dozens of factions. Some will be bigger, some will be smaller. Look at the political climate. America, we're huge. We've got 330 million people, strongest military. Look at Switzerland. They've got a couple million people maybe, fairly small military. They live in the freaking mountains so no one can invade them. It works. It really does. I I, I think it is a feasible idea, Um, but that's the great thing about, you know, 
tabletop mini wargaming. It is all made up. It is all within the realm of imagination, with, say, the exception of, you know, specifically like Flames of War, where it is based off of World War II history. Historical gaming. I was going right. to call you out on that, but then you Right, realized. right, right. So, so with the exception of those, those small handful of games, Warhammer, nothing about that is real. So sky's the limit. Drop Fleet Commander, not real. Sky is the limit. Dystopian Wars or whatever it's being called, sky's the limit. I mean, that's the great thing about this gaming. So is it a viable idea? Absolutely. Why? Because it's an idea. That's why it's viable. Yeah, and it, it's an interesting idea too. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just thought it was an interesting thing to discuss about whether you could – I mean, I guess you could probably argue that elves in most settings tend to go down this road anyway, but I wouldn't quite say it's militaristic for that purpose. Uh, it just seems to get tacked on more than anything else. Well, because these are all squad and unit-based games where you know you're attacking something. It's militaristic. Um, I don't think a, you know, you know, a game about saving the whales would be that interesting. No, depends, depends on how monstrous the whales are. If they have giant teeth and stuff, then it might be interesting to paint. <laughs> Sharks fair. are more interesting than whales anyway. Fair, fair. But, 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 I, but, but you see what I'm saying though? The, the nature of these games is militaristic war. So... Yeah. It's it's always going to be a sub a sub idea of the game. This is militaristic. This is warlike. Whatever idea you apply to it, it's still going to be militaristic. It's still going to be warlike. But will the idea yeah. work? Yes. Why? Because this is fantasy. Fantasy in in the in the idea of it's not real. You can do what you want. Yeah, I mean the the idea of a race that holds a grudge for something that happened 2,000 years ago, it's probably not necessarily... I mean, it's a massive exaggeration, um, but it's not necessarily a realistic mindset for an entire race of people to have. You uh, sure about dwarves that? Dwarves still work. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, dwarves from Warhammer Fantasy, they had the, grudge throwers. Where do you think the Over idea grudge throwers, they, they threw rocks where they would write their grudges on it, and then they throw the rock at the people they had the grudge against. Ugh. Why did the yeah. dwarves hate elves? Because they shaved a dwarf's beard off a couple thousand years ago, and they're still mad about. It. Literally, that is literally how it started. <laughs> but in real life, I mean, people hold grudges, and people get angry over things that happened a very long time ago, but not to the level where it's been exaggerated to the dwarves in Warhammer. Or right. hell, um, Lord of the Rings too, and Lord of yeah, the Rings but, is not quite as bad, but still. But it can work. Why? Because it isn't real. That's why. Go back a couple that hundred was my years. Point. You, you know, America's biggest enemy was Great Britain. Fast forward now to 2019. Who is America's greatest ally? Great Britain. We got over. You know, we hate each other, and we get along, and we work together on things. Yeah. And now you just spend the rest of that energy picking on Canada all the time because it's Canada. Why not? Hey, hey, they have hockey, curling, and maple syrup. I have no issues with Canada. I don't really get curling, but I, I, I guess it's a thing. Uh, so so I, I, I could see where you as an Australian, where you really don't have winter, uh, 
may not get behind it because it involves ice. I have ice. There's ice in the fridge right now. Right. Does it cover the ground and the roads where you ride your bike? Not specifically where I am. There are other parts of the country that get that for a, a particular time of year. Like, Not like Canada. Like, what, two weeks? No, there is actually a snow season in the mountains, but it's pretty much only the mountains. The mountains. Okay. Where I live, there is four months of the year where you can ride a motorcycle on the road. So the rest of the year, you can't. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, you can, but you might freeze to death. Or well, or there's ice on the road and then you die. That That's your fault for living in a silly place. No, I live here because other people don't live here. I hate people. That's fair. I, I get to miss out on snow because I live in a silly place. You, you live in a fictional place where everything wants to kill you, and what doesn't want to kill you wants to kill what wants to kill you. Uh, well, well, there are other things that can't kill you but wish that they could. Yeah. Prime example, if you want to see the battle for Earth, go to Australia. The insects and bugs control the place, and... You know, the people are trying to take it back. It's a long and hard journey, but somebody has to fight for the right of the people. And and that's why all the, the convicts and criminals were sent there, because typically those are the harder and, you know, stronger people. Mm, yeah, <laughs> sure. We'll, we'll, get, we'll go with that idea because it's less controversial than the truth. Oh, come on, Bruce. You you knew that was coming. Oh, yeah, I knew it was coming. <laughs> so uh, do we have a... Do we have a yanking the Bruce this week? Uh, how long did it take me to finish my wall, Bruce? Two weeks, two days, hey, or two you're hours? Doing, you're doing, but you're uh, two weeks. It was two weeks, yeah. <laughs> that that hey, that's what I got for yank, yanking the Bruce. Uh, we're not a political thing, but I just want to say it's still more progress than the other guys, man. In defense of that, not that I'm defending that, but in defense of that, I was rebuilding what was there. He's trying to build something that's not there. So <laughs> it's also much smaller than the scale that he has in mind. It's not really a fair comparison, even to begin with, which was my yeah. Point. What, what, what was that? What, so I was on a one to one scale. Uh, these games are like a, a like a what a, a one or a, a two to one scale. No, uh, sorry, a, a one to Oh, a one to ten scale. Uh, it's probably that... like one forty eight or something. Yeah, he's wanting to do like a four to one scale, so or a ten to one scale or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah. Um. UK Gaming Expo is coming up at the end of this month. We've already mentioned stop. the stop. dates for that. Stop. Stop. Oh, wait, that's right. I don't have a bumper for it. Never mind. Continue. UK Gaming Expo. <laughs> <laughs> UK Gaming Expo is coming up on the 31st of May until the 2nd of June, I think it was. Yes, 31st of May till the 2nd of June. Um, that's the only major one that I know of at this particular point in time. Um. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm not too up on things. Uh yeah. Let's see here. Um I was going to look at Okay, here we go. Uh we're 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 going to we're going to thank three people this up. If the okay. page loads. 
the page is not loading. Why is it not loading? Let me let me check my phone then. Let's see. Where is that app? That's okay. We can cut this bit out. The power of editing compels you. The power of editing. Wow. What is going on? Um, let me try a different browser. Oh, let me try this th- this computer over. Yeah, for some reason, um, <clears throat> I my, my SoundCloud on my iPhone is logged out, and it wants me to log in with a uh, uh, Hotel Z. Oh wait, maybe maybe this will work. There we go. This is gonna. Okay, so let's see here. Oh wait. Did... Oh no, I went to the wrong app. That's why. Um, there we go. Really, we, we we know how to podcast here. What's a no? <laughs> so we would like to thank uh, Michelle Gumley, uh, aka Thunderboy, James Peter Meisenberg, and Lewis Clark for being our top listeners. Proof Yay! that there's someone that, with less of a life than us that they want to listen to us so much. <laughs> Lewis. And JP and Michelle have been with us since well before this started. Yeah, you know they're 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 uh they're um um they're they're they they followed us over from the Huddle Z. They 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 like us that much. Is that even possible? It's possible. Lewis, expect to get my credit card details on Friday because I want my book, please. I'm glad you said that because that would otherwise sound start to sound really inappropriate. Please. Bruce wants his book. Bruce wants books. People give him books. Actually, do that. Yeah. So, so someone docks Bruce, and then everyone send him books. <laughs> Why do I just get this picture of me being hit over the head with books every time I walk past someone? Like Monty Python style. Yeah. Uh. Well, I can't think of much more to say. We, I think we've said enough for this episode. Either they're going to listen to us or not. Um, I don't know. I think this has been a pretty good episode. Yeah, look, we continue to thank you guys for listening. Um, in the next two weeks, we are going to start getting our Patreon ready uh, so that we can actually start putting funds into this thing to keep it going because uh, we really want to build our audience uh, for the people that do enjoy listening to us, please share us with your friends, or at least the friends that have an interest in the area. Don't go torturing people that aren't into tap it up gaming with our. Yeah, yeah, no, and if you if you have friends that you want to torture, um, definitely tell them about us. Uh, if you have enemies you want to torture, definitely tell them about us. Um, just tell people about us. <laughs> the more, the merrier. We, we will gladly deliver pain for you. Via the ear. Bruce, I can't find the sheet that has everything listed on it. You can find us at facebook.com slash getting tabled. Uh, Twitter is at getting tabled. Um, pause. www.gettingtabled.weebly.com. Is that? This is how bad we are right now. We can't remember stuff. I getting table dot, no 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 it's getting table dot weebly dot com uh, our email address yep no 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 you said it the other way around oh no you didn't <laughs> anyway 
And our email address is gettingtabled at gmail.com. If you got anything you want us to talk about or you want to tell us how we're doing, um, j- just send us stuff there. Uh, cool things you find. Yeah. Um, j- just send it and we'll, we'll talk about it because we love to talk about stuff that you, the listener, finds for us. Any parting thoughts? Any, com- for- any complaints? Oh. Any complaints should be sent to George Smells and he talks funny. All compliments to Bruce is awesome. Uh, five bucks if someone goes and buys those domains now. No, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I wonder if they exist. <laughs> well, again, thank you for joining us for this episode of uh, Getting Tabled, and we hope you listen in the future. Play more games. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For listening to Getting Table. Music used in this podcast was created by Eric Mataris at soundimage.org. And that's a wrap. Yay! Was that any awake light? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Hey, you know that one thing that we used to do all the time that I don't have up in handy? Can you do What's that? That ship name. Yeah, that one. Can you do that? I still don't know what you're talking about. The mythical demon. Scourge ship. Would play it all the time. UK! (laughs) Oh, that's all staying in now.